You're listening to Raising Anchor, a Rhode Island FC podcast. We're glad you're here. Hello and welcome to Raising Anchor, your podcast and source for all things Rhode Island FC. I'm your host, Matt Entrican, and with me as always is the stupendous co-host, Jason Carey. Jason, how you doing? Doing good. I just remembered I'm supposed to think of adjectives. <laughs> I completely forgot since last time. Well, you, you don't have to think of it. You just have to be ready because I'm going to try to I mean, throw you off of your game at the beginning I, of every episode. It's, it, a, it's a strategy I decided okay. to put into place. You know, I do know some, but just not not on the ready, you know? Adjectives? You know some? There's just like a, a million. What's your favorite adjective? <laughs> <laughs> um, probably super califragilistic. But not expialidocious? No, no, no. Does, isn't that one it's a little too word? much. <laughs> Maybe, you, I don't can know. Can you cheat the adjective like that? Oh, man. My, uh, my favorite <laughs> adjective, by the way, is magnanimous. So anticipate mm. that one's coming to you in, in a podcast intro in the near future. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling my shot now. Um, <laughs> But we've got quite the wild ride going on with this episode. Are you ready to fall into fall? I mean, maybe. I've I've heard that uh, falling is actually like one of the leading causes of death. So, whoa, this, <laughs> this just went off the rails. Uh, I'm 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 ready for fall. The oh, you 90, mean the season? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The leaves turning, the leaf peeping, the pumpkin spice lattes, the the pumpkin spice, you know, with the pumpkin beers. I should say. I don't think they're really pumpkin spice. Um, I, I'm ready for, it. I'm over 90 degrees, early September weather, and, uh, I'm just ready to put on sweatshirts again and, uh, you know, not have to deal with sweating in the sun all day, every day. Yeah. Halloween, beer drinking, cooler temperatures, all sounds good. Are you, uh, are you a big Halloween guy? Uh, Do yeah. Do to get spooky? I, I enjoy some, some horror. What's your favorite? putting you on the spot um i really like the thing a lot the john carpenter version Ooh. i've actually never seen the original um the thing from outer space i think was the original one was called um i like dawn of the dead a lot that one's really good okay um not the the george romero the, yeah the george romero yeah. one the other one's okay it's it it takes a very different tone it's more actiony and silly Oh, man. All right. Well, we have a ton of stuff to go over today, and uh, there is just not enough time to ever cover it all. So uh, I think lightning fast, we should go over some of the quick talking points that we've learned of over the last week. Uh, and let's dive into the stadium. More stadium news. Who would have thought, right? Oh, I thought, I thought we were done talking about this. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, don't, I think until it's done, done, it will never be done. Yeah, it's just going to keep coming up. But, you know, at this point, most of it's been good. So the uh, the good news on the stadium timeline is that it looks like they're trying to solidify advancing uh, the completion to the end of next year. And I know people are probably thinking, well, yeah, they have to play the next additional season. But there was no confirmation that we wouldn't be running up to the absolute deadline of starting the season, which technically would have been, you know, March of 2025. Um, after a recent Pawtucket City Council meeting, uh, Fortuitous Partners had come out and described 
some of the plans that were going on for the stadium's development. And they announced that they have projections in place that the stadium will actually be finished by the end of next year. So 2024, we'll actually see that stadium complete. And they said they actually already have 23 trailers on site with prefabricated steel. That's good. Um, gives them a little extra time to kind of double check everything before, you know, before it's ready for everyone to uh, go check it out. Yeah, agreed. And I think that'll also probably help them with closing the delay gaps that plague the, the project from, you know, that May till August timeline. So, I, I again, news can be good. And in this case, it's an absolute good one to hear that the stadium is advancing or accelerating the timelines. But then in a weird way, and again, this is stuff that the naysayers unfortunately fuel, there was some conversation about um, Fortuitous Partners delaying other elements of the project. So it was recently announced by WPRI after they got transcripts of, of the, the meeting that the housing proposals that had been initially developed and assigned uh, for the building of those, um, those apartments that would be kind of taking place near the stadium and around the riverfront of the Tidewater Landing Project, uh, those have been delayed. Uh, but the delay, is, it's interesting. It's not that we've done anything wrong. It seems that the approvals for the design didn't go through. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not an expert on this. Uh, my guess is, is that they didn't meet the expectations of what wanted of what the city wanted to see and maybe what the state expected for the, the construction grants and the, the, the loans for the entirety of the project. So the Fortuitous Partner Group needs to kind of come back and, and complete either edits to the design or, or offer a redesign that will get approval from the city. So uh, from the housing perspective, that's unfortunate, but it has no bearing right now on the stadium. Uh, it, it's, it's completely separate, although I would, again, say that the naysayers would say, oh, well, you're getting your stadium done on time, but the people that need housing, they're, they're not benefiting from it now. So Again, just like McCoy and the, its closure and potential revitalization, the city will find the sourest and lowest talking points and kind of just try to exacerbate that, unfortunately. So it's not bad news. It's just uh, it's one of those things that I think happens. And again, if you want to see this project get done correctly, then that's just a consequence of making sure that everything gets done the right way, uh, you know, only one time. We had talked about this a little bit on, on one of the episodes where we kind of went over the... Uh the stadium project and I, th I think that we both kind of were on the idea that the housing was probably not going to get completed right away so I mean this tracks like I, I, I you know to a certain extent kind of expected this as long as they get it done and keep working on it from a sporting perspective the stadium needs to come first you know yeah you can't get people excited around the area and get the businesses to come in if there's nothing that anchors the, uh, the, the facilities around the river. So I, I think it's just one of the, those things that it's a wait and see. I don't think that there's anything at risk in the project. And it, honestly, when you see all of the phases, this has to be at least a 10-year plan. Like, this is not something that can get done overnight, and it's not something that can get done right away in a single year. So, um, And then additionally, uh, one of the things that we learned from the council meeting, and I thought this was really interesting because, again, this was something that... Go Local Prov loves to try to, you know, beat down this project, is uh, they had initially come out with a report that said that Brett Johnson, um, you know, founder of the club, had been uh, irresponsibly setting up collateral in the loans that had been secured to stand up the final financial gap, uh, and that if these were ever to default or, you know, from, a, from a, an assessor perspective, 
uh, they'd fall back to the, the collateral being used on, on the stadium itself, meaning that if something had gone wrong, the stadium would be the first thing collected by the receiver. So, you know, if, if you know, Joe Schmo offered the loan and then the club defaulted or, or Brett personally defaulted, they could collect the stadium's ownership for themselves and it wouldn't default back to the city or the state. And so it was this big controversy, but it was just a UCC filing uh, catch. I, I don't know if there was any like intention to it, um, but the Fortuitous Partner Group already came out and said, hey, we, we, we appreciate the catch. We had no intention of doing that. That's just standard boilerplate. And to make everyone feel happy, we've removed that terminology and language from, from the contract. So uh, that's been smoothed over. I can't wait to see the next hit piece that comes out against the club now. You know, what else are they going to find? Um, but yeah, so that was just kind of a quick update on what's going on in the stadium. Again, our, our leadership in the Rhode Island FC front office is doing a fantastic job. Fortuitous Partners as an ownership group uh, also doing a great job. Uh, I want to switch gears. You, we, we've got another coach, Coach Kano in the wild sighting. And this time, I think you got it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was out and about doing a little grocery shopping. <laughs> I didn't I didn't get a chance to say hi. I was actually on my way out, and uh, he was heading in. I noticed you don't want to say the name of where you were grocery shopping. Are you trying to keep the coach's protection, or are you trying to protect your own uh, anonymity, anonymity, anonymity on uh, where you like to shop? You, you don't want the listeners to find you now oh, and I, stop I'm, you. I'm not ashamed to say I. I occasionally shop at Trader Joe's. You don't want to tell the world you're a Trader Joe bro? <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a Trader Joe bro. I mean, like after I was leaving, I was telling my wife how I have like a love-hate relationship with them in a sense that I like a lot of stuff they have. They have pretty good stuff, pretty good prices. But they're, I'm not a claustrophobic person, but their stores are just so... Keep it tight. They, they cram them. They find like... Where's the smallest corner we can we can pack the store into, get the maximum amount of traffic? There's, and all, all the college kids were in there, and the place was like ransacked and was busy. <laughs> it was just like, uh, I'm gonna grab the like five or six things that I need here, and I'm just get out of here. <laughs> I uh, I have it on good authority that that is by design, and that it comes yeah, it stems from the business model that if you keep a store packed. And you keep it tight on its property line uh, with limited parking. It looks like it's always just the place to be. So, if you can fit 400 people in your store, but you only have 12 parking spots, the <laughs> insanity that ensues—it just looks like there's a there's a run. There's just the sale of sales, and the fact that they have a pretty great product line. I mean, it's just a recipe for disaster. So, yeah, I mean, the fault is yours. You didn't ride your bike to, to Trader Joe's. You got to ride your bike. Yeah, I mean, and then you would have ran into coach. I usually try and like go like on Wednesday morning or something when (laughs) you know when people are not shopping there and there's it's just not that busy. But I I just needed a few things and. What do you think coach was in there for? Speculate. Um, I don't know. I feel like he buys concentrated cold brew. (laughs) I feel like that's that's a that's his go-to purchase. Maybe, maybe, and and maybe some vegan soy riso. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, don't sleep on the soy riso, listeners. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's really good. I mean, I don't go to Trader Joe's, but I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Never been, but people have told me. <laughs> oh, too funny, too funny. All right, uh, where do you think we'll see Coach next in the wild? I mean, obviously, he lives in downtown Providence somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, considering the the proximity of the places that we ran into him, he's got to be somewhere over there. 
I think he's living in the top of the Superman building. <laughs> you know, fun fact, that building allegedly has a blimp receiving station at the top from way back in the age of Zeppelins. They would dock at the top of Superman and it would be like a train station. It'd be like getting on and getting off. And it's still there, I think. I don't know. Uh, any listeners that want to correct that statement, uh, feel free to do so or just take me up for confirmation. I want to see it. Uh, but yeah, that may or may not have been a blimp terminal at some point. So we just got to revitalize that. Ooh, Rhode Island FC, they need a blimp. <laughs> Get themselves a blimp. Um, all right, you ready to jump into real news? Yeah. Let's do it. So uh, in serious matters, uh, we are glad to say that the season tickets uh, have been a success across the board. We mentioned it last week that uh, the club was quite happy. Uh, some executives from the front office had shared that they were thrilled with the performance so far. We had run some early numbers by manually counting seats that had been purchased and locked up based on the stadium's availability and determined that there was probably around 61 to 65% that we knew were confirmed, but there were also a, a set of reservations that we thought may have been separated. Um, but if you looked at total capacity, it was over 71% in total accumulation of tickets that had been uh, secured. Uh, well, the club now having gone through its season ticket member event for the people that had put down their initial deposits. So with that, we learned that the club had opened up season ticket purchases to the general public. And within the first few hours, an additional 200 seats were picked up. So there were people waiting at the door, like it was a retail store on you know Black Friday, opening up for you know to get your gifts, get the hot items, and there were additional sales that had been completed at the at the ticketing purchase on SeatGeek. Uh, right now, we estimate that there's over 3,000 seats, like we said. Uh, and so, if you think about it from a ticket transaction a ticket transaction perspective, I don't think there's going to be a lot of seats left for the general sale. And I know that you said you know they probably have to have a certain amount available so that people that are interested in the product can you know pick it up and go but it's starting to look really scarce there it's getting pretty tight in there yeah <laughs> yeah so i'll be really curious by you know the time some of these other bigger events happen and more and more awareness gets spotlighted on the club i'll be really curious we should probably ask the club if they intend to secure and protect a certain amount of you know day game like day of game seats or at least for like single ticket reservations because this excludes people that maybe didn't want to buy season tickets but wanted to try a four-day, you know, a four-game mini plan. Yeah, I, I also think that um, realistically some of the people with season tickets may, you know, sell a ticket or two here or there, realize, hey, I've got something else to do this weekend. I'll, you know, sell my ticket. So there will be opportunities. I just don't know how much. I wonder, it seems like the demand is pretty high. So Right. I wonder if the Hartford Derby becomes like an instant sensation where that game the first time out just is, you know, $200 a seat kind of pricing or if it's going to take a few years to to build up. That'll be that'll be really interesting to see. But I again, all in all, I think the fans know, the club knows that this has been an overwhelming success. So we are very much on track to to be filling up Bernie uh, by the time 2024 rolls around. Uh, so on top of that news, we've got some, I think, even bigger news. And I think this kind of complements or rounds out our, our technical questions around staff uh, selections, because I think this was the only thing missing in the, in, the, in the organizational makeup. So what news did we have on our recent technical staff? All right. So RIFC signs a goalkeeper coach. 
He's doing a little more than that. So I'm going to read some of this here. Um, Rhode Island FC continues to gain momentum as they move closer to the start of the 2024 USL Championship season. Head coach and general manager Kano Smith announced today that Carl Spratt has joined the team's technical staff as assistant coach and director of goalkeeping. I wonder, I wonder in the grand scheme of things, do they, like if you have three assistant coaches, is there one that's more assistant-y than the other? Like is Dave McKay technically second in, you know, if, if, Kano, if Kano gets a red card, walks off the field, <laughs> who steps up into the box? Yeah, McKay? I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I, I wonder if in, in like these, like a USL scale, if you, you have people pulling double roles, like for instance, you know, Real Madrid, they probably, they're, they have a goalkeeping coach, you know, probably a defense, you know what I mean? Like they have, I, I don't know, Carlo Angelotti's tactics, but they probably have a staff of five or six different coaches who are all working together. And then you have like maybe your one main side guy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's Real Madrid. That's Barcelona. Yeah, you know, so like, I was just, he's assistant coach and the director of goalkeeping. Coach, coach Spratt could also be assistant driver for the bus. I mean, this, oh. the, we, we don't have infinite resources with this club. Yeah, no, I, I just wonder how many more, um, like, staff members they'll be bringing on, you know what I mean? Oh, and that's why I'm saying, like, I wonder if this rounds out the, the collection and anything after this is just, you know, sports medicine or... Yeah, yeah, like, is it, they kind of working together as a team to kind of figure out, obviously, Coach Kano will have the, the main say, but, you know, he will rely on his team to help him. So just wonder, like, how, how, how big of a team team he's going to build. Well, let me, let me finish this up here. Uh, prior to joining Rhode Island FC, Spratt was the assistant coach for Philadelphia Union 2 and head of goalkeeping for the Philadelphia Union Academy. So that's, uh, isn't that where the legendary Andre Blake plays out of? Hmm, possibly. He's I wonder if there's... MLS's number one rated keeper and he's been that for three or four. In fact, some argue that that's what's kept Philly in actual competitive status over the last three years as they've met deeper and deeper pushes into playoffs and U.S. Open Cups. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much he's played into that, but that could uh, that could be, you know, be a good thing for us. Agreed. Um, let's see. Part of the Philadelphia Union Club that appeared in the MLS Cup Finals last year. In this role, Spratt was directly responsible for micro- and macro planning, strategy, and implementation of all Union 2 and Academy goalkeeping development plans. Coach Kano Smith added, Carl's expertise and dedication to player development will play a key role in creating an environment where our goalkeepers and the complete roster feel supported and driven to challenge themselves on and off the field. For a significant portion of his career, Carl has dedicated himself to improving soccer in Rhode Island, and I am grateful to have him be a part of creating a team for all Rhode Island. From youth teams to college teams to professional clubs, Carl has proven time and time again that he is a coach ready and willing to support his players as they continue to develop, improve, and grow in confidence. Spratt spent eight years in Providence as assistant coach of Providence College Men's Soccer. He also worked with New England Revolution's youth teams, first as youth team's goalkeeping coach, and then as director of goalkeeping. Spratt comes to Rhode Island FC with a number of prestigious coaching qualifications. 
including the United Soccer Federation A license. In talking with Carl Spratt, I am honored to be joining Rhode Island FC. The Ocean State is a special place, and I am incredibly excited to help bring the sport I love at the professional level to a state my family and I have called home for many years. I am ready to put in the hard work to help build a team that all Rhode Island can be proud of. Spratt attended the University of Sunderland in the United Kingdom and graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Sport and Exercise Development. That's interesting. So he's a New England, I don't know, native, because obviously he, he may be from other parts, but he spent a significant amount of time in the New England area with the Revs connection and Providence men's soccer. I, 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 again, I, I cannot find a time where the front office does not get these technical acquisitions correct. Like it just, are, are, I've asked, I said this before, the stars align. It, either they are just burning all of the luck right now to get these kinds of people on board, or they're, they're, they're just, they're playing some sort of mind game on the rest of the league. I, I, I really think we're going to be a force to, to contend with when it comes to 2024. Yeah. Um, I see you getting the, the Sunderland connection there. <laughs> you hear the you hear the dumb joke about uh, can Messi do it on a cold Tuesday night in Sunderland? Yeah. You know, maybe maybe he can bring a little Sunderland here to uh, to Rhode Island, and then we can uh, <laughs> when Messi comes plays us in the uh, you know Open Cup. He's the jinx. Yeah. No, uh, we'll, we'll see if we'll see if, we'll he, see if can, he can do it. Yeah, we'll see if he can do it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, I, I, like I said, this is just again more fantastic news. I feel like that now really rounds out because I believe there are four total coaches uh, in, ty- in in terms of the technical staff. So I, if there's additional things that need to happen, I'm not aware of it from what you would want to cover. So uh, just congratulations again to the front office and to Coach Cano on, on some incredible pickups. Um, in other news, not nearly as cool as having our goalkeeper coach announced, is uh, I was going through the socials and I found that Mike Parkhurst, uh, Mikey, Mikey Parkhurst, as, they, as the locals say, um, that he recently had an announcement with Atlanta United's uh, total soccer program um, that his personal kind of work project uh, has signed on to help mentor Atlanta Academy players. Now, I, I don't know if it's only Atlanta Academy, which would be a, you know, MLS Next, or if it's Atlanta 2. Um, but just the fact that his his program, which he partnered with Greg Garza, legendary uh, player Greg Garza from uh, from MLS as well, to to do these mentorships and uh, development programs, I am kind of curious to think. With no team affiliation, could we see some Atlanta United prospects or people that need playing time for a stretch come to RIFC? It's possible. Uh, I imagine he has connections from his playing time there that maybe he can leverage. I agreed. I mean, we we've we when we when we covered him, we talked about his roots in the New England Revolution and his stint in Columbus. Um, but he he left as a hero in Atlanta. So I'm I'll be really interested to see if he engages with the Columbus crew or Atlanta for that matter. But with this with this company having this kind of partnership going on, it just makes me kind of continue to fuel the fire because we are so low on rumors right now we've heard things that we can't share and it's tough because we're also talking three weeks further in advance so there's there's possibilities these things will get announced and we could tell you oh it's such and such right now 
but we we can't share that because we are you know our our, our lips are sealed at the moment. We we were told this in off the record conversations, and and we can't move forward in discussing that. I can't even do like pig Latin where I say it rhymes with you know. <laughs> Just saying a bunch of nonsense, getting yourself in trouble. Exactly. In fact, and what I've noticed too is, is that the members of the Discord are starting to go off on it as well and start having conversations about, you know, who they think would get picked up. And uh, there's already a name getting dropped in uh, in the chat that, you know, Coach Cano's had personal conversations with some of the members of the Discord and that we'll see Oscar Santos from Guatemala's uh, national team. Uh, and I think he's at Communications uh, Join. Again, it's, it, people are starting to throw things out there where there's a lack of noise, right? Where there's a lack of conversation going on. Yeah, you just you just start your own rumor mill. Just go on and just say, my sources tell me. <laughs> I mean, you're only wrong. You're only wrong until you're not wrong, right? So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it's interesting for me to think kind of what those possibilities be. And then on top of potential loans or player signings, we got tryouts. Oh man, I'm not. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Uh, are you thinking maybe it's time to dust those boots off and uh, and see if you can still run for 90, 90 minutes straight? Get out! Get out my uh, predators, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get the predators. <laughs> what? So, what, how do you feel about? Open, I, I tried to find information in the league on what the conversion of uh, open tryouts does for leagues like this. Uh, I think there's a sensationalism in this country. Then we can blame Mark Wahlberg for you know doing that tryout movie where he walked on to replace the the quarterback of like I think it was the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, there's this there's this like romanticism of oh I just haven't been discovered yet, so I'm going to go to this open tryout and I'm going to prove that I've been deserving of a shot my entire life, and uh, I have no clue what this conversion will look like, um, but I'm kind of curious. Have you ever heard? I mean, there's there's the legend of Jamie Vardy. Yeah, I don't know how, know but I wonder if, I don't know with his story tryouts. I know he was working as a bag boy at a, like a, a you know, Publix or whatever. <laughs> I forget what they're called. Didn't he get discovered in the Sunday League? And that's the thing is, I assume that these people who are, are getting discovered are playing soccer in some capacity somewhere it's not just like oh you know i i just decided to show up and apparently i'm i'm amazing you know i don't think things like that happen oh i a hundred percent assume that it's people in in these leagues like with the rhode island rogues uh with providence city fc um people that maybe aren't even on coaches radar or they haven't heard about a scouting opportunity they're absolutely probably going to show up so i think there's a mixed bag of amateur and people who have never been on a team that would be considered semi-pro, I, I don't think it's the guys like you and me who are literally going to dust off the shoes. And, and although it would be a hilarious, like, for a documentary if we, if we signed up and, and just ran for all of... I mean, I, I've got, like, three minutes in the tank, and then I'd be throwing up on the side. But, <laughs> um, but I, don't, I, I think it's less going to be those kinds of people. And I also assume that the club is going to charge a significant amount of money to have you try out to exclude or to to kind of filter out the people that don't have the they you know wasting their time and that's a shame because then that kind of goes probably to waste your time <laughs> i mean yeah we'll find out how much that we'll fee be is. there <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't i don't think it's going to be this 
you know, bag of of wasted opportunity. I, I, I'm just curious if we pick up anyone at all. Yeah. I, if they I, don't pick anyone up, they probably won't ever do this again. I imagine for depth, they'll probably pick up a few guys. Oh, so you're thinking we'll pick up several? I mean, you've got a starting 11, and then it depends, like, squads can be as big as, like, 25, right, sometimes? Uh, I think the full roster's 30, and you can bring 23 on a travel day. So, so you know, there's there's that, like, I mean, even, the, even some of the biggest, richest teams, you've got your 11, and then maybe you've got five-ish, like, good rotate. And then after that, you've got a bunch of, like, young academy kids and stuff. Who's that um who's that city man city goalkeeper that they keep on the books because they need to satisfy a certain amount of English players on the roster <laughs> and he's never played a game for city but he's been on the club for 5 <laughs> or 8 years and he just he's like yeah, super I, overweight I think or not he's overweight. He's but. not overweight. I but <laughs> I know who you're talking about his name's escapes me right now at the moment. I think he actually won a Champions League with Liverpool back in the day too, which is actively funny. playing like the Gerard Liverpool era. Yeah, and was he the starter? No, no, no. So he was just like the backup goalkeeper. So he, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I've heard. I this think guy they just they just has never played like more than he twenty just, minutes. And I think they just time. from what I from what I've heard, they just keep him around. They like him. He's a he's a good guy. He's, he's, a, he's a good lad. Yeah, and he looks way old, even though he's like like our age. The, the the professional sport will will do that to a person who has to put in that many miles. So, <laughs> I'll I'll be curious to see. I don't know how many pickups we'll get. I I liken this to the same way uh, MLS treats the super draft now for the collegiate programs, and it's really just kind of a waste of time. I anticipate that the super draft will go away at some point in the future because. I don't think we've seen a single prospect come out of that that was successful in the last five years. Um, and, and you know, most of the great players that do come up in those leagues, they start in MLS Next. They are homegrown players. So if they weren't already getting scouted at those ages or at some point in that part to be coming out of college at, you know, 2022 20, and not having been a part of the systems, it's just really hard to assume that those would integrate in. Um, so yeah, so we'll see. I, I I think we'll be lucky if we pick up. Well, I don't even think lucky. I think it, that person will be lucky if we pick up one. Um, but we'll see what that total head count is. Again, you're going to bring in the entire loyal squad, so you don't <laughs> even you need like four players at this point. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Agreed. So you uh, you ready to jump into some of the the saucy saucy news? Saucy news like spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, so in conjunction with some of the conversation that happened with the Pawtucket city council meetings, we also learned that the partnership groups released some additional information about really big events that we've been waiting to hear, um, from the club, uh, in addition to open tryouts. And it's only fair if we kind of share what we know about the, the kit reveal. So, uh, what we can tell you so far is that we know that there is going to be this big uh, kit reveal event. Um, we don't have a date or a location yet. Um, my money, if I were to just to speculate, would be probably using the guild because it's just one of those facilities that 
whether you use the beer hall, you use the private room, or you use that courtyard, it's the easiest way to quickly get people in and kind of control an environment. But I wouldn't be surprised if they go somewhere else or go something, you know, more swanky or if they go somewhere with a little bit more history um, and, you know, reflection to the state itself. Um, but what we don't also know is we really don't know who's going to be invited to the event yet. Uh, we've asked and we've asked. We've been told we'll get to go, so uh, listeners will let you know how it works. <laughs> Um, but we don't know if it's going to be uh, a media uh, exclusive event with maybe certain members of the community. So, you know, if that's Defiance 1636 and maybe some, you know, key season ticket members or just like key fans and mostly, you know, city and sponsorship personnel. Um, we just don't know yet. And the club hasn't unfortunately been too forthcoming about that yet. So we're hoping to find out more and more as time goes on. Um, and, you know, if, if they do invite Defiance 1636, which I think if they don't, it's a miss because you want your you want your party people there. I would be saying that that's an encouraging thing to go sign up for Defiance 1636 if you want to be there for that <laughs> for that opportunity. Um, but having said that, what we also know is that the sponsorship for the kits is going to be announced. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll be ahead of that so that they get their own moment in the spotlight or if that will be part of the kit's reveal. Um, it hasn't been made clear to us yet on whether or not we can anticipate that. I, uh, I still have my money on CVS Health, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'm also completely wrong when it, it comes to that announcement. There's going to be a truck that's driving down the road, and then it's going to transform into Optimus Prime. It's not going to be Hasbro. An RIFC jersey that says Hasbro on it. <laughs> I mean, it could be Hasbro, but it's not going to be Optimus Prime. You've got to let that go. Um, so, yeah, so uh, and, and that makes sense. What we also don't know in terms of that date and time is the club has announced that it will happen within the next two months. Um, so if you think about it economically and strategically, that has to happen so that they can start selling the kits uh, to you before the holiday season. We kind of mentioned that in the last pod um, because, you know, they got to get their money out of you before you go and spend it on something else. What I don't know if it was caught in the last episode, and so I'll reinforce it here, though, is I did say kits. So they do intend, to my knowledge, and if this is dated or wrong, I will hide this in the podcast notes later. <laughs> um, but it's our knowledge that they will be actually releasing both the home and away, so the primary and the secondary kits. Um, at the same time. So for listeners that maybe thought we'd see the primary first and then, um, you know, before the season started, we'd see the, the away. As our knowledge and understanding of it is right now, they intend to release both of those at the same time, um, which, is, which is awesome because then it gives you the chance to be more broke than you were already anticipating being uh, the first time around. So Nice. Um do you think you'll buy one right off the bat or will we wait till we sign a player so you can get a name on the back? Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad you asked that. So my intention with this is, is the following is one, I hope at the event, if they're really clever, they do one of those uh, stations where they can press the, the ner the number and the name you want oh, onto your it. Own. <laughs> and I fully intend, um, unless there's a player that I know, like truly know and love, um, my kits will be to sponsor the podcast. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stencil out if raising anchor is just too long to where it's doing that <laughs> rainbow, you know, around the number. It's just like bent as a total U because that's a, that's a lot of words or letters, excuse me. 
Um, but if that doesn't work, it's anchors up. I'm getting anchors up, and what I'll probably do is get the. I'll either pick a number that is almost never used in soccer, so that you can always find me amongst the crowd. Be that like crazy backup backup striker who's like uses number ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that, or I'm going to use the year, so I can just always remember which year the kit that I have on was released. So I may then do. Uh, you know, I guess technically it's 24 because it's the 2024 season, but I do 24 and then anchors up across the top. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know which one I'll do yet. And then again, if I if Joe Corona or, uh, <laughs> you know, someone else that I do know joins the team, uh, maybe go that way. But uh, I do intend to buy as many of these kits as I can, unless they're bad. If they're bad kits, I'm going to demand that the club gives me a, a gift of the kit because <laughs> I'm not going to spend money on something I don't believe in. But I have I have faith right now that they're I have do faith well. too, considering like how how well the the logo come came out. Uh, these are gonna be, I'm pretty sure these can be good kits. I mean, wink, wink, because we don't already know stuff and things. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so listeners anticipate that, um, and and we're kind of gonna just take things from there. And and also too, the only thing I want to say is as well, we're projecting that it can be up until that week or two before Thanksgiving. You know, sometime after Halloween and before Thanksgiving, it may come even sooner because, again, they may need to announce the sponsorship so that that sponsor starts recouping dollars from the announcement. And on top of that, it may come sooner because if we start announcing these players that we've heard about um, for like where they're at in contract negotiations, it only makes sense to bring them into the fold with a kit. You know, like when they do that whole they extend the jersey out and say, hey, like this is our player and this is the number they'll have. Um, it would look kind of silly without some sort of Rhode Island FC branded merchandise. And I, I just don't think the hat or the the training gear is enough to, to give the, the right splash to a player being signed for the club. So we may see this in two to three weeks. And, and, and again, if, if it does happen in two to three weeks, I think that further reinforces uh, that it may be more of a closed door event versus inviting people to some sort of bigger season ticket or excuse me um, uh, kit reveal party. I also know that the club is still working through how to have that season ticket member experience. I believe it's their goal to get that out there before the the club starts. And if you think about the good weather versus the bad, um, it's a lot easier to still do that when we're not all stuck in snow and and mud and rain. So it wouldn't be surprising to me to find out that maybe they're also working on something like that in the woodworks right now, uh, but nothing confirmed at this time. So it'd be really interesting to kind of understand how that, that shakes out. Is there, is there a, a sponsor that you would not wear if it was announced? Not that I can think of. Um, you know, I you wouldn't want something. What's the, what's the one... Um, the, the galaxy have that pyramid oh, the scheme. Yeah. If it was an MLM, would you? Or multi-level, yeah. I'm, I, I, at the end of the day, it's just a sponsor on a shirt. I mean, you know, corporations. <laughs> Spoken like a poet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who I would not want to see, but uh, it'll be interesting, you know, who is announced. So, uh, more to come. Everyone stay close to that, and uh, we'll just kind of take it from there. And then in additional news, if, as if there wasn't enough that was released in this one city council meeting, uh, mascot 
was not announced, but hinted at, heavily hinted at. So we've known that there's a mascot coming for a while now. Uh, we know what it is. So we're going to try to play the game of we're not going to tell you, but try to reference some other things so that there's a clue about it because that part was definitely spoken to us off the record. Um, but before we jump into what we anticipate or what we would want to see out of it, I thought it would be important to just kind of have a conversation with you, Jason, about what we've already seen in doing our research of mascot pedigrees in the club, uh, or excuse me, in the league. I talked in one of the recent episodes about I have no clue what the thing I saw in Hartford was, and, and you, you did the research. You did the investigation on my behalf. Yeah, so I was trying to figure out um, all the, the different mascots for each of the teams, and it's weird how it's not easily accessible information. It is a closely guarded secret. <laughs> that and player salaries are the so, two tightest kept secrets. Some of, some of them are just like, boom, right there, here's, here's our guy. Maybe those are the teams who are proud of their mascots. Some I, I couldn't tell, so... I mean, we'll start off with the aforementioned Hartford Athletic uh, mascot. His name is Dylan. I don't like that they named him. I mean, I know that all of them have names, but I didn't. I didn't want to know his name. It gives him power. I. I, I don't like. <laughs> and Dylan is Dylan's a, just a regular human being's <laughs> name. Like that is. Well, I, and I, I know why. By the way, I got a listener correction already. I had said that it was Trinity Health Stadium. Trinity Health is the sponsor. It's Dylan Stadium. So this this thing you're about oh, to describe wow. is named after the place that he resides in. That's crazy. Uh, so he is a Gloacus. One more time for the listeners. A Gloacus. Could you use that in a sentence? <laughs> so a Gloacus is a creature of legend. It's weird. Is this is this like some sort of um, you know Loch Ness monster thing? Supposedly in or allegedly in. <laughs> 1939 in Glastonbury, Connecticut, somewhat there was a sighting of them. They refer to it as a northern devil cat. It's something like a cross between a bear, a panther, and a lion. Like a man bear pig in South which, Park. <laughs> which which sounds kind of scary, but then when you see the Dylan, I don't he doesn't put fear into my eye. Okay, here's the thing. Just rewind the tape for a second there. You said that it was a cross between a bear a panther, and a lion. I'm remotely sure that two of those animals are not native to the state of Connecticut. Yeah, see, this This is... What, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on over there in Connecticut. <laughs> how, how drunk do you think this person was when they made this sighting? On a scale of one to freedom, how drunk were they? Uh, moonshine. <laughs> I, and the na- I, I can't... I mean, everything you just said is ridiculous. But I continue to look at the spelling, and that is equally ridiculous. Listeners, how do you think you spell Galaquis? I can't even say it. You, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Glowacus. Oh, Glowac? Not Glowacus. I don't... All I'm hearing is Wackus. And that's all that's been happening to Hartford Athletic this season. So, Yeah, no, that one is not in the running for best mascots in the league. There's an entire list, and we'll publish it at the time of this episode. We'll probably actually throw it in a poll 
on the um, on the Spotify. The Spotify allows you to listen and vote on things and ask questions directly of the episodes. Thanks to those of you that are asking those questions. Um, we're doing our best to kind of read through those and respond. I uh, really appreciate the support. So we'll probably throw a poll up, but I want to ask you, of the ones you've seen, what are your top three favorite USL mascots so far? Um, I mean, Cash the Soccer Rocker is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so Cash is absolutely the favorite for now. Uh, for those of you that have never seen him, we highly encourage you to go to Las Vegas Lights, the social media platform. It's probably the only thing they're doing good with their organization right now. It is a Elvis mascot in the full regalia of like the later eight, the later stages of Elvis's life. And uh, he, he's got like a, he's got a belt, one of those, the wrestling belts almost. And it's just, it's an incredible thing to see. So un, until we announce ours, um, definitely the front runner for mascot Supreme. What are some other really good ones to, that you, you were impressed with? Um, Detroit City FC has Friendly the Bear and like like straight up looks like a teddy bear. Oh, and that, that's what you like to see? No, I just thought it was it was uh it was different. That was interesting. Orange County SC has gnarly, which looks like just say it looks gnarly. <laughs> that he looks kind of like a Muppet. It does. It it looks like a Muppet or a McDonald's side character. Or like Maybe, um, what's the galaxy, Cosmo, like if he had a cousin. Okay, yeah. Who was like a surfer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think the weirdest one in the league is definitely New, uh, New Mexico United's. Uh, oh. Snaggy. Uh, what, listeners, what go look at that. that I don't, I, it looks like a it, deflated dead mouse, the it, DJ. It, it's like, yeah, it's some... Like weird European rejected DJ. Like it, it's a feral cat version of Dead Mouse that's been left outside and not fed for years. It, it's just creepy and weird, and I don't know how they signed off on that. Yeah, there's there's just some weird. It was it was weird how hard it was to find a lot of this information. Um, another odd thing I noticed: Charleston Batteries, Leo, a lion. I've not seen it, pictures in any current kits, so I don't know if he's he was retired. If he's retired, <laughs> I would I would love to see. Um, and I don't know this yet. Uh, I look forward to watching this year's championship game. But I hope that during the halftime for the final for USL, that they fly all of the mascots in and they have some sort of like, you know, because again, you have enough teams. You could field an eleven on eleven, and I want to see a mascot. Squid Games. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want <laughs> battles to the death. I just want to see like an eleven on eleven in in like a youth playing field size. Sure, that that's what I want to see. Like that's that's where the fun is. But uh, no, I agree. I By think the side, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Cash from Las Vegas Lights is is definitely number one, and then my my runner up would probably be El Paso Locomotives Bat. Uh, again, I don't know how you got a bat when you could have been a train engineer. I, you literally could have just worn a Thomas the Tank Engine costume, <laughs> and <laughs> but whatever. I digress. Um, so to our mascot though, what? do you think the club needs to do to make sure that this gets done correctly? Again, knowing that we have insider knowledge. Um, it's going to be a giant salt shaker. <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's shooting like salt off the top every time it goes around. Uh, no, I, I 
think that would be a fantastic idea. It's a simple one. Um, I, I think that it's really interesting because as adults, mascots mean very little to us. And I feel that maybe they're more rooted in the casual or the, the children that would come in. Like that's the fun thing for them to come and participate with. That doesn't mean you can't not have something be a little bit more well-balanced. I am curious to see how the fans will react to the decisions that have been made. Yeah, I found that I've come full circle with mascots. You know, when you're a kid, you you see them, you're like, oh, haha, that's cool. And then you become your, your edgy teenager, you're like, oh, these are lame. And then I got back to the point where, like, I like them again, so... So but I also taste. acknowledge that, like, that they are ridiculous in a way. Um, they're just, I, you know, in fun. Fun. That that's mm-hmm. that's all the requirements. All all we know for sure with the mascots is is that they the, the club is taking it serious. They're they're going to be interviewing for the person to play the mascot. And from what I know of mascot culture. Uh, from some of the teams that we've supported over the years, those identities are very, very well protected. Like, if you're in the inner circles, you know all of each other's, like, real names. But otherwise, you are no, your entire persona is, you know, that, that thing that you put on. It's not one of those, oh, it's, it's the 30th member of your, your soccer team putting it on for the day because they needed someone in a pinch. Th- these people take this job very serious. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, who who applies. Maybe there'll be open tryouts for the mascot position. Maybe that's something we could actually apply for. <laughs> Although I don't know if I'd fit in the costume. <laughs> yeah, those are the tryouts that maybe we, we could actually do well at. <laughs> so um, all, all we can say is, is I think some people will love it. I think some people will hate it. But much like um, the Wicked Good Soccer conversation... Uh, it's really going to be something that is going to help benefit the club. And whether you're a person that wants to complain about it or you realize that at the end of the day, the mascot isn't really anything to do with competing and being a, a number one team fielded in the league, uh, that's kind of really where we're, where we're going. So I think what I wanted to do is, because we've switched gears a little, we, we, didn't, we didn't cover USL right away and I wanted to save that for the end because I think as we're getting close to the end of the the season I wanted to make sure that we focused the right kind of conversation on what's going on around the league and so Jason in terms of table performance where are we sitting like are our teams already locked in and guaranteed playoff spots are there teams fighting for the top spot like what's the what's the table spread looking like right now so we do have some teams that are locked in. Um, so like Pittsburgh Riverhounds and Tampa Bay Rowdies but locked in a playoff spot. From there, it is, you know, it, it's pretty open. That, you know, we've talked about the parity in the league. Um, the point spread on the east out here is stretched out a little bit got what 19 point difference between first and eighth um if we look so wait 19 with less than it's six or less games left so well 
from eight, they're it, not it, making it. To not first. everyone's on the same amount of games, but yeah, what six times three, eighteen. So, you know, at that point, they are they're locked in. So it's it's Pittsburgh's position to lose first place at this point. Same with maybe Tampa Bay. At yeah, but at the same time, they only have like they're one point ahead of Rowdies, who do have a game in hand, and then the Battery, uh, they're two points ahead of them. So it is it is tight. So you can't. You can't rest on your laurels. And you, you want to be one of the top four teams to secure home stadium rights for the playoffs. So who are the top four? So here in the East, we got Pittsburgh Riverhounds, Tampa Bay Rowdies, Charleston Battery, and Louisville City FC. Okay. And then you've got, after that, I, I know Indy 11's made a push recently. Uh, so Memphis 901's behind them in fifth, Indy 11th in sixth, Birmingham Legion in seventh, and FC Tulsa at eighth. Speaking of Birmingham Legion, did you see the implosion of complaints against their head coach down in uh, in Birmingham? No, I think I missed that. So uh, they have been on a really poor run of form, and there have been comments uh, taking place in their social media that uh, they are blaming a lot of the poor performance this season, but most importantly in this, uh, in this recent string of losses and ties, to the fact that Coach Cano... Uh, who was formerly the assistant coach there, was actually the person behind all of the success for the club and that they believed that it was a mistake to let him go and they should have actually separated their head coach at the time and given Coach Cano the the, the main title, the main act. So, Ooh, spicy. <laughs> I, right, but you love, you love to hear validation like that. When another club who has no allegiance to you is saying, how dare you take what we needed to be successful. The and one we that got away. <laughs> exactly. I, I, the, if that's not the, wo- the Wolverine meme with the picture. We can <laughs> oh, Gene Gray. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I hear things like that and that's the best kind of publicity you could ask for. So yeah, no, um, I mean, sorry, Birmingham, but um, not sorry at the same time. So he's ours now. <laughs> you snooze, you lose. <laughs> Um, I mean, what they've, they've got, they're sitting on 36 points at 27 games, you know, they've got four points on Tulsa. They still, they're still in it. Okay. I mean, yeah, but, but again, from a, but yeah, it's from not, a positions one through four perspective, I, you know, there's a, there's such a thing as home field advantage. Um, and so knowing that, you know, again, it sounds like Tampa Bay and, Pittsburgh are pretty locked into getting to host a, a home field game. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the rest of that shakes out. I think we should watch that pretty closely so we can kind of understand the power struggles. So those will be our competitors next year. Um, and I'll be really fascinated to, to see who's got it in them, who's got enough juice left in the tank to uh, to make deep, deep playoff uh, seeding pushes and, and go from there. So... Um, is there anything in the West that we need to cover? I know we're really trying to start focusing more on the East, uh, but just any noise a, there? Just a quick um, interesting thing I noticed. No one's clinched out here. So the uh, point spread's a little smaller, or the gap is a little smaller, I should say. Um, Sacramento Republic FC at 51, and at 8th, El Paso Locomotive with 35. You did that on purpose. So that's, well, no, no, no. So that's that's a 16-point gap right there right right so you know el paso actually has eight games to play still because they're only 26 play they have they have six games to tie so you know they could 
well, how are the loyal? Where, where are they at? Uh, they're up to fourth at the moment. And so they get a home. And that, at, that would be great. They're at 26 games played as well, too. If they can get a home field for their send-off in the championship, like that, that is the one thing I think. If they can bury me with the cup, so be it. But at least they can get a home playoff berth to really say goodbye to the team if, if things don't work out further down. That is that is awesome to hear. I also can't believe that at 51 points with Sacramento Republic, they haven't clinched a playoff spot, like guaranteed. That's insane. I mean, they essentially have. It's just, you know, mathematically, right. you know. Because there's so many other. Because, it, you know, the, the point gap is not as big. Right, because with El Paso at eight games left, three is 24, and you said it was only 16-point difference. So, mm-hmm. no, I get it. I just It's really weird to hear a 51-point team uh, in these kinds of leagues not having at least the playoff clinch. Maybe not their positioning and seating, but that's, that's insane. Um, all right, well, then let's switch off to our events so we got a couple updates from the club uh i i made some complaints that they're giving the news out too late for our time traveling ways (laughs) so uh, we were able to uh get some some confessions from the the front office so you want to read out uh what we've got going on with the club yeah so on october 8th rfc will be at the newport marathon think anyone getting the run on you think anyone from the club will run maybe coach will you know, uh, I don't is see it, why not. Is it a full marathon or is it? Uh, is that the one that runs across the Pell Bridge? I don't think it's a full. I think the only full one we have is the Providence Marathon. But you're asking someone who doesn't run for fun or at all <laughs> if I know that question. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to phone a friend and get back no, to you on that one. Just throwing it out. But there. it'd be cool if it'd be cool for Rhode Island FC sponsored people to run like on their behalf with the new kits. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. That's how you. That's how you bring it. That got to run the event and then run to a secret location, <laughs> kit release. Um, nice. What else they got going on? Uh, October thirteenth, movies in the park at Rocky Point. You think it's gonna be Hocus Pocus <laughs> or Hocus Pocus too? They love playing Hocus Pocus in the in the fall. Probably. I mean, it's spooky season. You probably want to keep it a little family friendly too. Did you ever surprised. see the Adam Sandler? Uh, like children's movie for Halloween that came out like a year or two ago. Um, I feel like I seen. I feel like my wife was watching that, and I just saw like parts of it. I, I think it's called like Hobby Ween or something like that. I think his name is Hobby or Hoobie or something. Hoobie Ween. Uh, it's not bad. In fact, I may dare say it's one of Adam Sandler's greatest films. And oh wow! That's because I don't know that his filmography is really that great so you can say that's a bar raised or a bar lowered you take we'll have to, we'll saying, have to watch that during spooky you're saying season. the gem little nicky doesn't hold the place in your heart <laughs> Ho- ween is uh is a little bit higher than little nicky uh, but i digress continue uh let's see on october 14th continuing with the college tour uh providence college versus georgetown yeah, and I think uh, Defiance will actually still be at that. I think that's the end of the the college tour for both Rhode Island FC and uh, and Defiance. So that'd be good to see them there. Nice. And then uh, October twenty eighth, Roger Williams Park Spooky Zoo. I love the spooktacular that they do with all of the carved pumpkins 
it's like a million pumpkins that they put out, and uh, I enjoy it. I hope Rhode Island FC actually gets a pumpkin this year. Maybe they'll get a special carving, so we'll see what happens. Um, but no, thanks for reading those out. Appreciate it. There's no uh, no questions tonight. We, we're we hitting a dry spell here. Answer so them all. Listeners, come on, no ask us questions. questions. So instead of questions, uh, we're going to uh, just in, replace it with plugs for buying our merch. So we have a new dad hat that if you had been following us since the beginning, maybe it was already out there and we redesigned it a little bit and put it back out there. But for the people in your life that love dad hats a little too much, um, which is interesting too, because dad hats, I see everyone wearing them, not just dads, like young men that if they are dads at that age, I have good luck dad hats. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, like, I, don't, I don't know why they got called dad hats. I, I don't know. I don't know the history about it, but we have one and you need to go buy it immediately to support the podcast and if you don't want to buy that hat we've got another hat we've got a couple t-shirts we've got stickers you can also donate but if you don't want to do any of that and spend your money i do have one thing that is kind of dawning on me we have like a gazillion listens now and we only have like seven ratings on spotify and apple and I, i thought the listeners also that they wanted to continue hearing us so it's just really perplexing to understand that we only have you know, we have less than 20 combined ratings, which are great. Everyone's been positive. So thank you for the, the five stars. But uh, what's going on? What's going on, people? Like before you switch to your next podcast or, you know, whatever you want to listen to next in your day, just just hit that rating. Jason, do you do you rate your your podcasts? Yeah. All the ones that I regularly listen to. All of them, right? Because you respect the craft and you know people work really hard on it and you're just an American stud. <laughs> you know it. So, so listeners, if you don't want to give us your money, I understand. We'll get it one way somehow one day. We've got a Patreon we're thinking about. It's going to be good. But in the meantime, just give us a rating. Give us a little like. Share it. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your family's friends, which should be your friends too. But you get the idea. So uh, help us out. And uh, also, too, ask us questions, because if you don't ask us questions, this will be the selling segment from now on. So... Uh, but we do, again, from the bottom of our hearts, we appreciate the, the rating and the, the, the mentions and, and all of the other love that you guys give, so all jokes aside. Um, but I do want to end on a fun note. So a while ago, I had seen a post from Rhode Island FC, and they did an interactive poll on is it this or is it that kind of terminology for the, for the beautiful game? And I took print screens so I could, at the end of it, to see what the performance was. And it's really kind of a barometer a fan understanding of the game. And this comes after, you know, Ted Lasso and Welcome to Wrexham and all of that. So I wanted to ask you which one you think people in New England answered. I've thrown, so for the listeners who can't see it in our show notes, Jason can see the words and he sees one percentage, but he doesn't know which one is the correct answer. So Jason, you have to tell me for field or pitch, which one did listeners say was the correct term in okay. 68%? Okay, interesting. And um, what you answer here will either piss off a lot of people, and New England people are not to be trifled with, or you will earn their respect forever. So this is a trap game that you've now entered into. So this is what I, you want me to guess what I think they said? Yes. I know you know these answers. So well, what did I mean, 68% there's, there's, of, of the New England fans that saw this on Rhode Island FC's social posts vote? Did they vote field or pitch at 68%? I mean, I, I've heard that there's a lot of people who watch 
soccer in this state. But I don't know. I'm going to say they, they said field. Oh, man. you They're getting the pitchforks out already because they did say pitch at 68%. Okay, interesting. So this community is well-educated on pitches. Uh, uniform or kit, 76%. Which one did they vote for? Kit? Absolutely. They, they said oh, it was kit. So, oh, man. They, so they know the right answer. is nice. Well, this one is interesting because it's super close. Cleats or boots at 55%. Which one was 55 Boots. Boots again, correct. Shutout or clean sheet, 80% of the vote. Clean sheet? Correct. Zero versus nil, 74%. Nil? Are you just now defaulting to soccer for the rest? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would, be, that would be my answer. So nil at 74%. Here's the tough one. At only 52%. Is it soccer or is it football? Um, this one, I'm going to go back. I'm going to say soccer. It was wicked good football. You oh, should have stuck to okay. your, stuck, to stuck to your guts. Yeah. So, oh, so, so the fans know it. The dangers to close on the soccer or football one though. Uh, that just kind of shows you at this point. It's, it's, it could be either one, but, uh, really proud of the fans disappointed in you not having the same faith in them. So I've burnt you <laughs> out to all of them. Uh, you can find Jason on our <laughs> socials <laughs> and tell him what you think about it. But uh, hey, listen, it's it's been a blast. Let's get this home. We've had some. I think we've had fun today. This has been a podcast that's been all over the place, but I think this is probably the most fun we've had. Just talking about whatever we can find to fill the gap on a on a random Thursday. So, what uh, where where can people find us? All right. So we have a Twitter at RAFC Podcast. We are on threads at RFC Podcast, Instagram at Raising Anchor, and you can check out our website at www.raisinganchorpodcast.com. Anchors up. Anchors up, buddy. earlier when you asked me what name I would get I didn't actually in turn ask you the same question back what would you pick as a as a name or would you be the player would you get player specific oh um considering it's the first season the very inaugural season I have not seen any of them play I, I'm perfectly okay with having no name on the back what but if I do anchors and you do up <laughs> or like Yours says raising and mine says anchors. Oh, we just always have to stand next stand to each in other. In the right order, too. <laughs> just backwards. Huh, anchor raising. What's that? Must be some other weird podcast about fishing. <laughs> <gasps> boating and boating activities. Did, An anchors up? Did we say anchors up? I don't know. Double An tap it. Just to be up. safe. Anchors up. Anchors up. <laughs>